now. All right, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Rewriters Room, where we rewrite and redefine storylines in WWE that we think could be written better, a certain character that we like that we hope more for, or something that we just think is stupid. <laughs> uh, I'm Armand. Um, I am still the leader of the Money in the Bank contract watch for Otis. I'm currently in, in, in some legal troubles right now. But, hey, you know, by the time you guys hear this, Clash of Champions will be over, and who knows what will happen, <laughs> you know? Fellas, ha-ha. How y'all doing, fellas? What's good, what's good? It's young old CC in the building, uh, aspiring philosopher. Um, man, I, I'm not the leader any highs. I'm, I'm, everybody's turning into a villain in my life. I'm hitting that point in age or whatever, so I'm, I'm letting the highs go, whatever. But, man, uh Good luck with the Otis Hive, man. Good luck. I fell off a little while ago. I was there for maybe two weeks or whatever, and I was like, mm, somebody's more dedicated than me has to handle this. <laughs> uh, what's up, it's Channing. As someone who is like a founding member of Baron Corbin Hive, I understand the plight of wanting your person to cash in the bank, money in the bank, briefly successfully. I understand that anxiety that gives you just like being so afraid that John Cena is going to ruin your guys' moment. <laughs> um, that really happen- is- that really is just like a it's threat. It's to the best of us. In the back end, it's like, what if John Cena just shows up and decides he wants to do it? Facts. Anytime I don't see him on TV for a long time doing, like, other things, if he's not pushing some product or in some movie, I'm just like, oh, man, who is he going to – like, <laughs> who is he not going to put over now? <laughs> yeah. And this is a special episode for us, our first guest. Uh, we thought no one better to bring than one of the head honchos over at RNC – uh, the platform that we do put this podcast podcast on under the A Show Network, Justin Davis J Five. How, how you doing, my brother? It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful morning in Long Beach, California, and mm-hmm. of course, I start my week talking wrestling. In my week talking wrestling, this is going to be a long month for me. So this is where <laughs> it begins. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So do you do you want to just talk briefly about um, the channel RNC, how it got started, why you wanted to start, it, and just the experience so far. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, I can't think of a better example than the actual show that I'm on right now is, is given, you know, young African-American people who are left of center or, or not always into the same thing as everyone else is uh, a chance to speak out and, and talk about what they want to do and just giving them the platform and the bandwidth to do so. Um, I, I think, you know, we, we all know that I'm into a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, Emile's into a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, everybody in the, in the team is into a whole bunch of different things. So we wanted to, we wanted to tell an authentic story. And I think that's where, you know, I've been so successful at in, in life and I want to spread the, I want to spread the wealth, so to speak, with writers and creators and, you know, visionaries that want to do the same thing. Like, I, I think I started this with the, with the idea, like, I know that I can't keep you like in this forever, but at least let me try and give you a launching pad to whatever you want to do. So, you know, I can't think of like, a, again, a better example than what, you know, Armand, you're starting, you already had stay busy already. So, you know, this is just an extension of that and, you know, just giving you an opportunity to do that. So RNC started as a group chat with, you know, where I put together a bunch of amazing individuals and it's grown into a platform where I, once again, bring in a mix of a bunch of different interesting individuals. And it's so funny to see everyone interplay yeah. like on Twitter and social media, like everyone kind of knows each other. And it's, it's like, I feel proud that I was kind of the one that opened that door and said, okay, like this guy does this and you should probably talk to him and you should probably do that. So, you know, that, that's all I want to, you know, that's really all I wanted to do with it. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for it. You guys can hear uh, J5 on the A Show, like I said. You can hear him on Late Fees, Ramen Talk, and of course, check out all of our other shows. We got The War Report. The G, the G Show yes. this month, all month. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm watching one horror movie a, a day all October, so that's coming back this month. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to die. This, my fiance is going to kill me. So, yeah. and somehow you still find time to play a bunch of Tony Hawk. <laughs> oh, of course. Well, that that's funny because like that's at the and then it's like Crash Bandicoot Four comes out this this week. So it's like we gotta have we gotta I gotta talk to Mark about how we doing content for that. So mm-hmm. like you know it, it's so funny that it, it's like I, I have my hands on so many different things. Like I like to I like to call myself the LeBron of the house. <laughs> my fiance rolls her fucking eyes at that but you know it's, it's all true it's hey, all well, true. well lebron needs his ad and that's a great transition actually uh we, we see you got your lakers shirt on um yep. you know by the time people hear this it'll be a few days but the lakers just did advance to the nba finals first time 
since 2010. LeBron is back in the finals, his ninth NBA finals trip in the last 10 years, which is crazy. Um, for us, I wanted to talk about if we had to think of a WWE superstar from the past, present, that we would liken LeBron James to who and why. And we, we can start with you, J5. Who could I – you put me on the spot. <laughs> go, go, go. I want to see what everyone else picks. Okay, so okay, that I can okay. Stand. No, you put me on the spot. I, I still got to think about that one. I still got to okay, think about okay. that one. Okay, Channing is, a, is, is an Ohio guy, so let's start with I have thoughts. First okay. off, LeBron, hashtag my go. Hashtag just a kid from Akron. Um, <laughs> I think the best way to look at this is to kind of think of LeBron in phases because he's a force of nature. Um, so you have LeBron come out of Cleveland. That's Keith Lee. That's your upcomer. You think you can just do anything you want. You put him in the main event right away. Um, he's got a cool intro, a little corny, but like, Hey, he's just a kid. He's just trying to figure it out. Just got to the main roster, you know, playing, playing with, with the big boys. So you, you love to see it. You see the potential, you know, he might get to there to the finals, but it's not gonna be there for long, you know, but you know that he's going to be up there. Okay. Um, then LeBron goes to Miami. He becomes Brock Lesnar. He's inevitable. He is simply, he shows up, he wins. It's, like, not really fair. Even, like, physically speaking, he's, like, not the same as all the other people um, on the court. You know, he's just kind of embraced that role as the heel. Mm -hmm. um, comes back to Cleveland, that's Roman Reigns. That's your, like, baby face who, like, people want to act like he's not to go because there's this new other shinier things. There's, like, a Finn Balor out in, you know, San Francisco, or there's, like, an OKC, there's a Rollins or a Bray Wyatt. But, you know, when you come home, you come home to Roman. Let's keep you warm at night. That's your bread. You know, you can, you can fuck around with, like, hummus and pita chips, but, like, you want a loaf of bread when you come home because you make sandwiches. <laughs> um, and then now that LeBron is in L.A., which is actually speaks to your next question about factions, I think he's basically Randy Orton. Like, he's just, like, an institution where it's like, oh, yeah, like, there's all this other cool stuff, but, like, Randy Orton's won the title, like, 13 times. Why shouldn't he just win it again? Like, he's Randy Orton. Like, he's done everything. He's got all the accolades. He's got all the history, all, like, longevity. And, like like I said, you will focus on a Giannis because it's new and it's exciting and it's fun. But, like, at the end of the day, who's in the main event? It's the Viper. Mm. Orton. There it is. Ew. Damn, bro. It's hard to follow that. <laughs> I got to talk after that? Why you doing that? <laughs> that was amazing, huh? You know what? I was, um, it's funny, Randy Orton is actually on my list for like uh, a few other reasons, but I'm going to I'm gonna just pick a quick one off the top of my head, more of a feeling thing, and I'm going to say The Rock. And the reason I'm going to say that is because um, like The Rock's never going to be in those conversations when they talk about the people who have the most championships or whatever. And a lot of times when they're talking about those legends, they do mention The Rock. But a lot of the reason is the same reason that I think, like, LeBron is legendary in real life, which is that he transcends, like, what that thing is that he's in. Like, we know LeBron is a basketball player or whatever, but Le the way we actually know LeBron and think about him is not only just because of basketball. It's because of so many other things that he's become, you know, involved with or whatever, which is the same as The Rock, where, like, we still call him The Rock. That's his wrestling name, but the guy's name is Dwayne Johnson. Like, he now he's out here like Dwayne Johnson, but we still have that The Rock name because we understand that while this is, like, where he, like, made his bread, like, this is where he, like, actually made his bread and, you know, that's where he made his first impact, he spreads so much further than that. And he's just, like, you know, he's a person who's also, like, an idea now. It's so weird. So, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, just today, we even saw him say, you know, I support Kamala, I support Biden. And, you know, like, that's a huge moment. I was telling my friend Eric, he, he was just like, I'm not really sure celebrity, celebrities move the needle. And I was like, you're right. But The Rock is so much more than a celebrity. He is like, he, we've grown up with him. He's like a super celebrity. He's never, ever, ever spoke anything about politics before in his life. And today for him to do that, you know, we usually have like an over 40% non-voter thing. Like that could sway someone who loves his movies because then that means it's like, oh damn, like he's, you know, and, and you know, you, wanna, you might want to say whatever you want to say about why he did it. Obviously he caught the Rona a month ago and he's probably like, oh shit, we need this motherfucker out of office. But you know, like it, it, it all, like to me, it, it all, it all makes sense. And, and that's, that's absolutely right. Like he's probably the most influential and biggest superstar on the planet. Like bar none, like he's yeah. bigger than any of these Marvel motherfuckers. Like that, that's yeah. him. So, I found out, I actually found out about it on MSNBC. I was just watching MSNBC just like to get some updates on something, like a story I had heard about. And then they came on, they were saying like, when we come for break, we're going to talk about how The Rock just endorsed Joe Biden. And I was like, wow, this is on MSNBC. <laughs> and then yeah. like, also after that, they were like, yeah, actually like, you know, we're going to talk about that and the possibility of him ever being president because we've done polls and behind Biden and Trump, 
the book, the bookies, like literally bookies, all bookmakers have him as like third most likely person that people will want to be president. Like, you know, just absolutely win. He will absolutely win. And like, he probably won't go independent. I think he'll probably like, I, I, I really do think he'll, he'll probably be like a centrist leaning right Democrat if he were to do it. Like I, I, his policies are probably going to suck ass, but he'll probably win if he was yeah. to do it. He'll win on the Dem ticket though. Like, he, he, it'll, I was, like there's a cult of personality around him the same way that there was Trump. And it's like, mm-hmm. all he has to do is get up there and do his, his fucking taglines. And he's, he'll, he's automatically the most charismatic president of all time. Like it won't even <laughs> matter. Like, State Union so, will go crazy. That State Union will be so good. <laughs> just go, just go. It doesn't around. matter what you think. He'll hit the high, bro. He'll hit the high, bro. He said, "Finally, the I might need this. <laughs> I, I, I might need this now." Also, like, no, we don't need this. <laughs> we need actual politicians. Yeah, yeah. That, you, you guys <laughs> just describe idiocracy. That, that is literally what idiocracy was. Oh man, it's funny um, he has an endorsement. Like, does Bray Wyatt endorse someone for president? Like, <laughs> like does does yeah. Drew McIntyre? Who's he endorsing? Like, so the the Rock endorses someone as if he's like a super then, pack. Like, and then the Rock's endorsement is actually more important than Vince McMahon's endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know Vince is like pissed. It's just like, yo, not only does he... Put my wife out of work. <laughs> yeah, 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 but he, he's like, like he's, he can't do shit about it, though. Like, Vince can't do mm-hmm. shit, so, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I, oh, man, I, I, I got to go a little, a little bit left to center because I've been watching a lot of New Japan lately. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I got to say, like, Hiroshi Tanahashi is probably my pick, man. Like, that's mm-hmm. one of the... He's one of the greatest... Japanese wrestlers of all time and much the same way as The Rock is he's a cult of personality over there as someone who has been wrestling for over like 20 years and you know like he, he might again he and same with LeBron like he might not always win you know he, he might not always win the title but you know he's going to be in the main event on January 4th without without fail so like I've been watching a lot of New Japan and you know amazingly at 39 40 years old he's still having the best matches on the card every single night in, in the g1 tournament so i gotta go with hiroshi tanahashi that's just a shout out cheap plug to the g show coming out this week <laughs> yeah. tap in tap in uh me this is probably obvious i think everyone will pick this one but i, I think it just makes sense to go cena um i uh i know otis nah, no <laughs> not yet not yet that's um, Kuzma. But, yeah, I mean, just looking at his career, like, you know, he came in, he was very, very likable, kind of young, and then quickly kind of shot to the top of the card and just stayed. And he's, he's who everyone has to go through. Like, if you look at when the Spurs beat, beat the Heat mm. in 2014, like a Kawhi Leonard you could think of as Sheamus when, uh, when Sheamus came and beat Cena for the title. And then, uh, like, Steph Curry could be like Kevin Owens in, 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 in 2015 uh, when, when Kevin was beating Cena. And Steph Curry beat uh beat Braun, so yeah, and I, just the, the, their charisma, just the, them as people, like they they're very likable, they're very well respected. No one really has anything bad to say about them unless they they just genuinely hate them, um, or they hate successful people. Like obviously, a lot of people turned on Braun when Braun went to Miami, but Braun started winning, and people didn't like how he went about it. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say I would say Cena. And then if we want to get into f- what. Oh, no, I was going to say not to mention them endorsements. Them, bo- both them, them endorsements. Yeah. endorsements. Yeah. <laughs> that boy yeah. gone. That boy is out of here. Yeah. <laughs> out of yeah. here. He's, he's yeah. out. Yeah. So, and then factions. If you had to go a faction that you would liken the current Lakers team to, or, or, or just a tag team for LeBron and AD, you can give two answers if you want. Um, what, what, what would your selections be? I'd say the authority. Faction. I think, like, <laughs> I think LeBron is Triple H. And you know <laughs> – at the end of the day, come Mania season, Triple H is going to be there. And, like, I think AD is basically Randy Orton. And mm-hmm. you have, like, two mainstays, two, like, kind of pivotal things. Kind of like I was saying with the individual player comp, where it's, like, all season it's, oh, the Clippers this, oh, the Bucks this. But it's, like, at the end of the day, there's no bad authority storylines. Like, at the end of the day, like, most storylines that are, like, most popping, even when it was, like, Stone Cold Vince, it's, like, the man versus the institution. And at this point, LeBron mm-hmm. James is the institution. And, like, you can have these little upstarts try and come and take it. But at the end of the day, like, even if you give Vince McMahon 10 Stone Cold Stunners, he still runs the company. And you can throw <laughs> all you want at LeBron, but he still <laughs> runs the NBA. Like, it don't matter what y'all talking about. And so I think at the end of the day, that's what it really comes down to. And, like, breaking case of emergency, you bring out LeBron and the Lakers, you're going to get ratings, people are going to watch, you're going to have good games. The Nuggets is cute. 
you know. <laughs> it was a moment. It was Yo, a moment. I just I just realized because of your analogy, that would mean that NBA players basically be uh, on a court playing against the guy who like damn near signs their checks. Yes, this is it's storyline. It's already written. This outcome is already written. It's not the Nuggets had no shot. It wasn't a game of chance. The ending was scripted. LeBron to build more tension. He said, I'm going every series five games. He said, five games. I give you five games every series. That's all I can give you. Bro, the fact that they've only lost three times, like that, that's not lost on me. Like a lot of people, the receipts have been receding lately. Mm-hmm. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people said that there was no chance that this team was going to make it. Portland's going to be a problem. Like, bro, Portland's going to be a problem. Yeah. Clipper is going to be a problem. Listen, I'm in L.A. The Clippers have never been a factor. And they're not a factor now. They weren't a factor when they got Kawhi. They, like, they have Clippers billboards all over the city where it's like, earn, not given. It's just like, who the fuck gave the Lakers anything? What did you earn? What did you earn? Y'all lost. You earn anything. So, like, it's, it's funny to see that. And, and you know, they, you know it's, it's, just, it's just wild to see how, how that imploded. But it's like, again, like, no one, no one gave this team a shot. So I'm going to have to say the faction that I would say is the New Day. Because nobody gave this team a shot either. And they said this was terrible. This is trash. They said, and they said, you know, just hear us out, give us give us a chance. When they turned heel, that was when it switched. When they stopped the laughing shit and when Xavier was like, yo, stop laughing, stop playing, that was the moment where it was like, yo, this is this is gonna be a different. And everyone was like, even to that point, everybody at that time was still like, they're gonna be the new nation of domination. I was like, bro, this don't look like no nation shit. They're not talking about nothing like that. Mm-hmm. This is them just being like, yo. We're going to be some silly-ass motherfuckers that are going to beat your ass and cheat while doing it. Like, I miss Heal New Day so, so much. Need it. We, it so we definitely good. need it. We definitely <laughs> need so it. so good. Right. I, I think Xavier is such a great heel. Like, even when he brought up Francesca uh, for the first time, he was using that to distract people. Um, I, th- I thought Biggie was just a great antagonizing heel. And Kofi just being a cocky. He, like, we forget Kofi was actually a really solid heel at one point, And then they kind of... You know, but obviously they're making more money in spaces, so I, I yeah. can't knock them. But Heel New Day was, was my was my jam back in the day. That's a good one. I like that. Do people remember that they were heels? I feel like people don't remember I think the New Day started people off. People remember, like, Xavier Woods being, like, quasi-hotep, and then yeah. they, like, just remember the bootios. Like, it kind of, yeah. like, skips. <laughs> it skips that part of the storyline. Yeah, I think once like, their brand... Once their brand took off, that kind of got like wiped away. But it's funny, like when I see their dy- when I see them wrestling, that's mm-hmm. all I think about is their dynamic back then. Like the mm-hmm. how like they use their like their heel nature to like come up with this style of wrestling, like the way yeah. they win matches and stuff like that. That was I thought that was so dope. And the, I tried because, to, it, and it's crazy. Wrestle. It's crazy because like the abdominal stretch that he does where he slaps the opponent's ass. That was a heel move. He started it then, and now it's completely a face move. It's so crazy. I was just like, every time I see it, I'm like, bro, people hated when he did this back in the day, and now they they freaking love it. And that just speaks yeah. to the greatness of that team, that faction, and just and that's why I would I would pick them as as the stable uh, faction that that closely mirrors that. That's a good choice. I'm so glad they stuck to that vision too. But um, speaking of the people thinking that they were gonna go nation domination, here's what I'm gonna say. Bron and AD to me, so I didn't start watching basketball at all this season until, like, the Heat went up 3-1, whatever game that was. That's I think that was, like, just last week or whatever, or maybe mm-hmm. I can't remember. But um, I had started watching again that game, so all I had been seeing was, like, little clips here and there and then, like, you know, some NBA marketing material and a lot of highlights. So even in just, like, the clips that I've seen from the, the last couple games of them, like, what I think LeBron and AD are on right now is some APA stuff. These boys walk around like they will beat your ass. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw 80s face. Like, they was playing the high eighties face of that, that one game. He was crazy. I was like, yo, this nigga looks scared. Like, <laughs> I started thinking of that. And I'm like, oh, they kind of on the court. And then, like, also, like, thinking about the fact that um, what Channing said when he said, like, this is written in the script. Like, they're going to win or whatever. The same way I think about, like, whenever the APA shows up, you know they're just going to beat your ass. Like, there's nothing you're going to do about it. They just about to whoop ass. So, like, that's how I see them. Yeah, that's a goodie. I would I, – I like the authority pick. Um, I would say AD is more like uh, Rollins just because, like, Triple H handpicked Orton uh, but back when they were in Evolution. But I think, like, Triple H and Rollins now because, like, LeBron's older and he handpicked AD to be his, his guy. I think that would uh, align more uh, with the authority. So, yeah, that's my pick. Um, cool. Channing just jumped out because of his – uh, internet. I'm gonna pause the recording now. All right. Wonderful. 
All right, I'd like to tell you guys a little story about a man from Wicklow, Bray Wicklow County, Ireland. Um, <laughs> names goes by the name of Fergal Devitt, uh, billed at 5'11", 190 pounds. Um, he goes by many names, Prince Devitt being one of the more popular indie ones. Um, just a couple of accolades this guy's had, you know, he's just a man among boys. Uh, two-time NXT champion, second longest reigning champion, was actually the first ever WWE wrestler to win the world title in his first pay-per-view match. Um, the first ever universal champion, I'm talking about no one other than the abbed one himself, Finn Balor. Um, Boy. Most of you know, Demon Kane. Uh, 2016, um, he wins uh, his fatal four-way match and then goes on to defeat Seth Rollins to become the first Universal Champion. He tore his shoulder labrum and had to relinquish the belt uh, the following Monday. Um, so I guess my first question to you, and I think it's a question a lot of people ask, is kind of what happens to Finn's kind of, I'd say just basically like kind of WrestleMania run up until that point. So for those of you who don't remember the ins and outs, he loses, uh, or he guess he gives up the title to lose it. Um, and then Seth Rollins, okay, oh, have the match. That's where... Triple H turns on Seth Rollins. That builds that Mania storyline. Um, KO has kind of his sub-storyline with Jericho going on, but then also Goldberg in the peripheries having his thing with Brock where he's squashing him. Goldberg eventually challenges KO, wins that belt. KO goes on to face Jericho at Mania for the U.S. title, and then Brock goes on to face Goldberg at Mania for the Universal title. So there's kind of like three larger storylines. And actually, I think one more, honestly. I think Roman's storyline with Undertaker, I think, is also kind of impacted because of Finn's absence. Um, that I think kind of all branched from that. So we'll go to that later. But I guess my first question is, like I said, going up into WrestleMania, kind of how do you think that plays out? Also, that's the year Randy won, Randy won the actual Royal Rumble. So that plays into it, too. Mm. Um, so for me, I would go um, first, I think, you know, Finn doesn't get hurt. He holds on to the title. You can get an obvious rematch with Seth at that point, and you can still do the whole Triple H turning on Seth, perhaps. Seth looks like he's, he's about to win, and then Triple H comes in and screws him, and then that, that they have their side thing. I think KO is still super hot. Like, he, he, came, he came up around 2015. He was beating Cena. He had that great run. So him and Finn, just, you know, we're, we're both the new guys in WWE. We both came and kind of built um, NXT to what it was. Now we're here. Finn has the title, but, but I want it. So I think Finn and KO would have a really cool feud as well. I think KO with Jericho still as his best friend and Lackey uh, would be really annoying for Finn. You could get a couple really fun uh, matches out of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think, I think the Rollins and, and KO feud would be where I would go first. And, and you can still build, like, Jericho and KO off of that, too, as well. Like, Jericho's maybe jealous that uh, – like, KO beats Finn, and, and then Jericho's jealous that KO has the title, and then KO, again, loses it to, to Goldberg or something. But you also wouldn't want to bury Finn that, that early because they were pushing him for a reason. Like, like he, he got drafted and immediately thrown into the mix for the new Universal Championship. So, obviously, they, they were trying to build him for a while. So, maybe you – give it to KO and then you ping pong it back to Finn. Um, but I, I think you can still build to a lot of these storylines with Finn as, 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 as the champion defeating these guys and kind of interweaving these other people. I think this is a three and four fold. What if, because Finn getting hurt <clears throat> is one of the biggest, what if scenarios in current WWE, like it's bigger than what if Roman didn't get suspended it's bigger than, you know, what if Seth's knee didn't, didn't blow out? Because we know where that was going to go. He just right. moved it back a year. We knew where that was going to go. With Finn, it changed the entire landscape of that WrestleMania. Because let's be clear, and I, I just want to bring in a couple of, of actual factuals from, like, people that I know and stories that I read, you know, leading up to this episode. According to Jericho, which, I mean, you know, you can take this as you will. <laughs> the actual Mania match was supposed to be he and KO for the Universal title. If, you, if that were to be believed. So that would mean that Finn would have lost it way before Mania anyway. But mm. Seth and Triple H was always supposed to happen because it didn't happen the year before. And Seth right. had just got back. So we, I think we can, we can go ahead and shoehorn Seth and Triple H. That turn doesn't happen until a lot later. So I think the first match you would have is Finn as, with Finn as champion is you would have that rematch with Seth at Clash of Champions, I believe, that next month. I say the turn happens there. Or the, either there or the night after on Raw, 
where Triple H finally turns to him like, yo, I, I'm, you know, you're, you're a failure. I, right. I, I can't even get you, I, you can't even get the belt off of Finn. Mm-hmm. I think Finn, and this is where I kind of deviate because you could, it could go either way. Because let's be clear, Goldberg was only supposed to do one match at Survivor Series. He's a big linchpin to this too. If Goldberg decides not to come back after Survivor Series, this is moot. If he's, yep. and, and this is right before Survivor Series that he signed. So that would, that would mean that Goldberg would either have to beat Brock and go to WrestleMania because that means he signed, or lose right. to Brock and he just, he's, he's gone the next day. So again, that's a huge, I think we have to talk about the Goldberg conundrum before we talk about Finn because that, they felt as though that match needed the belt because we still got to place Brock somewhere. So I, I think really before we even blow out on, on, on Finn, where does Goldberg go? Because Goldberg did, you know, come back uh, to, to beat KO uh, for the title at, what was it, Rumble that year, that, that next Battle year? Battleground. Fastlane. Fastlane. It was, it was Fastlane. It was Fastlane, Fastlane that next year. So, you know, where, where do you guys think that happens? Does Goldberg resign? Because if Finn's there, that massively changes what it is. Because if he, if he signs there at Survivor Series, Finn's losing that belt to TLC. Yeah. To KO or something. He, he's losing, it, it's, just, it's just the way that it's going to go. But if he doesn't resign, I say Finn keeps it to, to um, WrestleMania, and then he gets brought. It's, it's the demon versus the beast to me. Yeah. So I, I think we got to talk about Goldberg first. I think Goldberg, I would say just based on seeing how Finn, like since Finn came back and how he's just, he's just taking these matches he should not be taking and taking L's yeah. he should be taking. I think he takes that L like Goldberg stays. I think it hinges upon, like, to me, I think it might hinge upon a little bit, too, like Finn's ego. And knowing what I know about him now, he might have been cool enough to be like, yeah, I'll drop it or whatever. Yeah. But from that point on, though, like, the tough thing is because you push them so much, you have to keep them interesting. And I'm wondering, I feel like someone else that wasn't in the picture needs to get inserted at that point. And I don't know how that happens. Like, that's, K, that, that's KO and Jericho. Because yeah. my next thought was after Clash of Champions at Hell in a Cell, because remember Roman's like off on a different plane. Like I, yeah. I believe he, he starts picking up mid card titles at that point. Yeah. I say yeah. you do. Yeah, please face the Braun too sometimes. Yeah, you do the Seth. You could, or you could do Seth Roman Finn in a triple threat. Mm. Yeah, and have and have because the thing is there you're 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 still gonna get you're still gonna get. Finn being over, Seth and Roman still having their issues, Finn winning that match. But then what you do get on SmackDown, and that's another linchpin as well, you get AJ Styles versus Finn Balor finally, not at that random-ass TLC. You get them at Survivor Series proper, and you could get the Demon there. Again, like there, it's, it's a huge linchpin because a lot of people had um, Finn, or, or like a lot of people speculated Finn was probably going to lose it to uh, KO. And the hell in the cell, I was like, no, there's no way that they would have him lose that fucking quick. It's only been two months. Like, you got to have right. him in the year with it. So, I, I think if Goldberg stays, for sure, they're going to try and get the belt off of him, maybe at Royal Rumble at that point. But you got to keep Finn strong and interesting. And at that point in Raw, we got to look at that roster. It was, it was very top heavy as far as yeah. top stars. And there was no mid card that year. I think that your point about AJ Styles is really the, one of my bigger points. Because if you also, if you look at Mania that year, AJ Styles faced Shane, which was, like, whatever. But, like, that's really the only match where, like, oh, I, I can see you feasibly just not having Shane in it. Like, you're going to have KO mm-hmm. and Jericho on Maniac's card. You're going to have Brock Lee and Goldberg on the card. You can't take them off. You're not going to take Roman off the card. I think, honestly, my – I agree with you that he loses it most likely, in my opinion, it basically just like KO did. He loses it to Berg. But I think what the pivot is is that I think you get – Somehow you get AJ and Roman together, and then you have Finn face Undertaker, and mm. like Demon versus Taker, and like the whole like instead of like this is my yard, like you're the next guy, and I think that's what you do with Finn because Finn obviously can work, and he's like a smaller guy, so you don't have to worry about like Undertaker killing him because he like dropped him on his head or something, and then like you also get the storyline of like yes he did lose the title, but like clearly he's facing like Undertaker, so he's still a big deal, and like it was still also in that time where people were like fake it was like cool to hate roman still so like yeah you also like want to like show roman i think in a favorable light too so that's why i think when you give him styles because like at the very least they'll have a good match and you could do the whole thing like you're vince's guy but i've actually done it like i'm the guy you people want you to be like you could have that storyline going but well, i do know, think we know roman was very easily hateable at that point because he got the wellness suspension and that's why 
they were burying him into the ground at that point. I think yeah. Roman caught so many clean L's at that point. I, he caught more clean L's than any top guy I've ever seen in my life after the um, after the, the the wellness thing that happened. Like, remember he got he caught the fucking pedigree uh, counter and from the spear. And yeah. it was the first time we fucking saw that shit, I was like, oh, they're burying this motherfucker into the ground. Because he wild. lost yeah. off that. He lost off that move. He said, fuck you to your finisher. Like, <laughs> not allowed your finisher, nigga. Like, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> and and then, and, and again, like, we got to shout out Roman at that point, too, because he would, he gave Finn that rub on that raw. Like, there would there would be no Finn push. And, and, you know, a lot of people say, like, NXT call-ups, there's Finn, like obviously in the, the way that it, that it you know that it did, but I think Finn's at the top of that of that list, and you got You got to kind of say like either Oscar or Keith Lee are like next up in in mm-hmm. that in that you know. I, and my thing is like the Keith Lee thing is overblown. Like, who gives a shit about the theme? Who gives a shit about the gear? This motherfucker beat Randy Orton in his first match. He hasn't t- he hasn't taken a clean loss. He might have lost like a multi man match, but like whatever. He's still mm-hmm. positioned to be the world champion by the end of this year, and I think they're going to do it. So, like, I, I think, like, as far as NXT call-ups, Keith might be a little bit more measured than Finn. Finn was just like, all right, buddy, the guy. you're out of here. Like, you're, <laughs> you're gone. But, like, you know, people like like Keith Lee, like, you know, that sets the standard. So, I, I again, like, thinking about this what-if Finn thing, we got to think about what this does for NXT call-ups and, and, and what kind of the perception of the NXT call-up is after Finn Balor because he was the number one draft pick. He was the number one guy, like, at that point. I think what's also interesting thing about with Finn is um kind of like my next question is like say like you know hypothetically speaking for whatever reason he doesn't lose the match the mania match like he goes on he beats Brock or whatever like all the different other matches he could have with people like I think you have some really cool opportunities to use Finn as like oh because he has the whole indie thing like I think that's what's one thing that's good about Finn too is that like he has that indie respect he has this really high work rate like people like him and so you can pair him with basically anybody and so like it'd be cool to see like oh maybe let's see Finn versus Braun or let's see Finn versus Shinsuke like give people like try and win over especially because like this is like right before AEW is like becoming a thing and Mm -hmm. so like maybe if Vince would have taken this opportunity to kind of appeal to some of the more like you know indie wrestling Twitter heads he might have also like you know, helped him in long running of the company too. So where, so where are we thinking that, are, are we going with the idea that it was supposed to be KO in Jericho? Because I think that if Goldberg comes back, that implodes. That's not happening yeah, that's whatsoever. Yeah. That's not happening at all. We're, we're going to get the Roman KO Jericho feud as, as was planned during, during that. And, and it will have KO, it will end with KO actually getting the, the, the title in the end and them having the, the, the feud over the title. Like if, it, but if Goldberg doesn't stay, I think Finn loses it in Royal Rumble to KO and Jericho in some type of triple threat match or something where, like, Jericho helps KO win the Universal title. I do think KO will win the Universal title. Personally. I yeah, see that I, into. I saw the opposite. Like, I thought KO was going to be a big loser if, like, Finn kept mm-hmm. it. I thought KO might actually, like, not obviously not going to bury Kevin Owens, but, like, I think it would have hurt his trajectory the most of anyone. Mm-hmm. I think, so, I see, I think, um, I think, the reason why I wanted to see, like, and I think that the KO would uh, win it, whatever. KO, KO with the belt, he can tell a lot of good stories without the belt, obviously. Like, we see, like, you can know, you can pretty much have him feud with anybody for any reason, and KO's going to kind of make it uh, interesting. But KO with the belt is in a, a different situation because a lot of the times, like, he's just, like, you know, fight Owens fight, and it's just, like, you know, he's just out there to fight, period. But now that you have the belt, you have, like, a reason for things. Like, it's just mm-hmm. things that's the guard so that gives like a, a different level to it and I think that that just I don't know I think that sets the stage for like some stuff that we we've never seen from Kevin Owens to have that possibly happened like I there's like a, a parallel universe where, Ke- where Kevin Owens gets that and then there's like we like we just see him like even the matches that he puts on like they're just different or whatever then I've, mm-hmm. I've personally got to see from him just because of the story is different. Speaking of KO, like, how'd you guys feel about KO's run with the universe title? It's kind of off topic, but I, f- I feel like there's very mixed, uh, mixed re- run it, comment. The term run is a strong word. It wasn't really a run. It was yes. Like, <laughs> it felt like a like you said, because Goldberg decided he was going to stay around. It felt like they were like, oh, never mind. Like Kevin, give us back. Like he just kind of was like a placeholder. That's how I felt. Yeah. And that's why I said that. Cause like, I never got that. I never got the feeling of feeling like, damn, KO is a champion. Like I never felt like that ever. So. Mm. 
Yeah, I think his run was snake bit from the beginning. And obviously, like I said, Finn's injury was the linchpin for this whole generation to change. Um, I, I think I, I think he was always booked as an undeserving champion, <laughs> you know, whether that be of, of his fault or, or someone else's. I think the big loss there was that, and I know people are going to bring this up. I'm, I'm shocked we haven't brought this up earlier. The Triple H connection was never, ever explained. Yeah. And I think that was a major reason why the actual thing made no sense because they had to hot shot the Triple H Seth Rollins thing immediately and then drop it so that they could stretch it out to Mania. But also they had to have Triple H just completely disappear altogether and not and not address it. So I think like if KO joins the authority, it's a different storyline. But we mm. gotta remember we had a whole year of that a year earlier of Randy Orton and then Sheamus doing the exact same thing. We didn't want that anymore. So I'm kind of glad they, they foresaw that and said, we're not going to go that way with KO. So I think as far as his run, we, he had some really good matches with Roman. I thought the shark cage match was pretty, was pretty dope. I thought they, they killed themselves in those extreme rules matches that they had. It was, it was a dream. Was it, was it the hell in a cell? They didn't know. Seth had the hell in a cell with KO, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. Roman had the Roman. What was the, what was the match in January? It was a, uh, was that still the shark cage match? It was just, it was a like no, no DQ no. match. So the shark cage. Yeah. The, the shark yeah, cage yeah. was at rumble. Yeah. That's a rumble. Yeah. That match was a banger. I think people sleep on that match. That KO killed himself to get that good. match over. It was a very good match. I don't think it was for, for lack of KO trying. I think the booking really did do him a disservice there because they never booked him in, in, in a strong way whatsoever, especially with Jericho there. That's you literally knew how the match was going to end every single time. And I was one of the people that wasn't too mad about him losing a Goldberg. I was like, D listen, I know he looked pretty pissed when it was happening. And that looked like legit anger yeah. from him when he had to drop it to Goldberg. But I was like, you know, you're going to be so much better. He literally got the U.S. title right after that. You know, like it, it, yeah. it, it didn't hurt him too badly there. Um, and then we had, we, he gave us one of the greatest segments of all time in Festival of Friendship. But then you give us that Mania match with Jericho. So like, I can't really say I'm too yeah. upset because imagine <laughs> if he has the universal title and he's on at 1030 where people are tired and he gives us that match. Oh, Jesus. We have, yeah. We have a different <laughs> perception of KO today if that happens. So yeah. in, in I'm so glad it's him. too nice now, man. I, I, it's soft. I'm so glad it's too nice. That was <laughs> WrestleMania being up to like, like one in the morning watching that triple threat <laughs> with Becky. I was like, Becky, I know this is a good match, but like, I'm tired, dog. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> I, I hope they do it next year. I, I, I hope they do it again next year. I hope it is a continuing yeah. thing. Um, I literally, my fiance asked me the other day, like, is Mania still coming here? And I was just like, well, Sophie's open. Um, I don't know what type of deal they could do where they could still do this, but the stadium's open now. So, I mean, I don't know if they do, do like, very limited seating house. I do wonder how far ahead of COVID we would be at that point. Sure. I don't know. Half, half the states just went, just went up with it. Yeah. <laughs> Looking yeah, scary out here. It's yeah. that Labor Day push. Kids yeah. going back to school, college football, all that stuff. Like, because um, I'm I'm in Tallahassee, so I've literally seen how just college football coming back. Because it's the alumni who are the, like, the kids are going to be the kids. They're always going to be bad. But the people down here, they take this very seriously. So, like, people have visited, I can tell, from, like, different towns in Florida to come up and just watch the games. And they've been at tailgates and stuff. So, a lot of this stuff is happening, too. So, yeah. it's like... Uh, let's jump back into Finn, though, because um, there are there's are still a lot of like there are a lot of moving parts. Like uh, J Five has been alluding to a lot. Like I'm trying to think, what else? What else? One thing I think I think you could have gotten. Like obviously, this is a whole Brock buy-in thing, but just I I like watched a little bit of their match from 2019, like Finn and Brock. Like I think mm. you could have gotten a good feud out of that. Like I think Brock, kind of like you saw with Daniel Bryan too, he can really go with like these smaller guys who can work. And I think if you could have gotten Brock to commit to it, that would have really been a way to show like for Vince to be like, no, this is the guy. Like because even you think about it now, Brock doesn't really have like long feuds with anyone. He has like feuds with Rollins, feuds with Roman, and then like that's kind of it. Um, and so, like, if he would have had an actual, like, storyline feud with Finn over, like, multiple pay-per-views that led up to mm -hmm. Mania, even losing, I think that would have really put Finn over, being like, oh, like, even Brock takes him seriously. Yeah, um, I, like, I think that, that's my coronation right there. And, and, and people don't see that a Brock match, win or lose to you, you know, is, is a coronation in, in some way, shape, or form. It really is. It shows that he trusts you enough to work with you and he wants yeah. to work with you. 
um, I think that's where Finn ends up if, if Goldberg doesn't stay. And, and in my heart of hearts, like, I love Goldberg uh, and his matches that he had with, with Brock at that time. But I, I'm in my thought process of, of Finn not getting hurt, Brock, Goldberg doesn't stay because he, he's, he's looking right now. He's like, y'all, don't have, y'all have a champion. Y'all don't need me. Like, you, you have Finn and you're, and you're building him at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't need to stay. I, I'm good with this first match. And for 2K, because that's where he came back for, it was for the 2K yeah. game that came out that year. So I'm good with that, and, and I'm out. I'm going to take my check and leave. I think it ends up being the Demon versus the Beast at WrestleMania if, if Goldberg doesn't stay. I know I, – but the thing about it is, is that people are going to be pissed, but Brock is going to beat the Demon. That, that's that's the that. story. Mm. Yeah, they don't want to see that. Like, it's going to be another streak broken. And, and, and leading up to that, to that match, the story is the Demon has never been beaten, ever. The Demon beat Seth Rollins. We could bring, you could bring the demon out on the, the Hell in a Cell match, triple threat between, uh, or you could bring the demon out against AJ Styles to even up the stakes. The demon's beating the WWE champion. The demon's never beaten, uh, you know, Brock. And then you have Paul Heyman say, this is a spoiler. Beasts beat demons. You know what I'm saying? We're not scared of, we're not scared of ghosts. My God. We're not, we're, yeah. not scared, we're not scared of people under the bed. We don't care about demons. And then Take that makeup people, off, man. Exactly. And people are going to be upset. I, I think that, honestly, I think the match goes four minutes. I think Finn, Finn does the hits, does the coup de gras. Brock pops up, F5 is over. That's per- that's Gosh. perfect. Because think, think about where Brock goes that next year. Like, think about his run that next year when he gets the title back. He goes, he runs right back into Roman. That's yeah. the story. That's, that, yeah. is, that is the, the overarching story. Finn had his time. He can go to SmackDown at that point. Because the thing about it is, 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 like, Finn lost so much time. And there were so many guys that, in my opinion, weren't really, like, that deserving of, of being over him. I think Finn was so much more deserving of, of, than what he got. It's just that you're snake bit. And, and I think people look at it like, and they want to blame WWE and they want to blame booking, but you know, this is, this is wrestling. This is a wrestling business. There's very few times where someone gets hurt unless you're Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he's the only exception to the rule where you come back in the same spot where you left at. That's literally it. Everyone, no, no one comes back in the same spot. Even when Seth came back earlier that year, he did not get hot shot at the belt immediately. He was literally on the upper mid card for a minute. Even if you look at Seth after he lost to, to the Fiend, he was not in that picture for a, a very long time. No one comes back after injury and gets back into the same position. It just doesn't happen. And, and people thinking that, that that's real is, is just what it is. Like, I know I'm going to bring up the Kofi thing that might be sore for some people maybe on the call or maybe listening, but it's the same deal there. It's like no one comes back to say, like, when you lose with, to Brock, it's a rite of passage. You just go on. You're, you're a main man at that point. And with, with Finn, he just got snake bit. And he was out for so long, y'all. Like, he was out for like a year. Yeah, his that's, first match was until March of the next year. That's I, that's a lifetime <laughs> in WWE yeah. time. You know what I'm saying? Like Seth had been injured and came back before Finn actually came back, bro. Like it's insane how long he was gone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's absolutely it, nuts. It'd be interesting too, because speaking of Seth, like yeah. if you if you get Finn on that track, we're like, okay, he loses to Brock, and now like. Oh, who is Finn in the tag team with where he wins the Raw tag team titles? Because that seems to be what, like, inevitably would happen. Like, would you pair him with, like, Braun and have, like, the whole big little thing? Or, like, mm-hmm. it would just be interesting to see, like, giving the blueprints of what we see, like, guys like Roman, AJ. Like, you lose a big title off TV for a couple months, come back, and you have some new angle. Like, what would Finn have done in his, like, post-post-title run? He would have won U.S. He probably would have won U.S. He hasn't won it yet, right? No, no, he's won Intercontinental. Intercontinental. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't so. won a tag title. Yeah. He's got a weird – he's got a lot of accolades, but none of the ones a that lot. people like, look at on paper that are, like, important. But, like, yeah. he's only missing two belts before he, he actually could get a Grand Slam. He, he's missing yeah. a tag title and he's missing the um, U.S. title. I yeah, remember – I remember there was like I think when he returned, um, they put him in a tag team with Hideo and Tommy. I, 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 I think they brought him yes. up. So that mm-hmm. would have been a fun, a fun tag team uh, to run for the titles. I think around that yeah. point, like but think the, the, of where Hideo was at that point, Armand. Think of where he was. Yeah. His stock, his stock was gone, and yeah. I, he's he's probably the biggest example of how injuries can snake bite your yep. career. Mm-hmm. Him and the revival. The Revival were starting off hot as hell. They yeah. beat the New Day. They had beaten the Usos. Then Brug got injured, and they were gone for six months. And, they, and they, it was cold. Yep. Just, there was just no way. They, they got leaping. And then, mind you, WWE doesn't care about tag teams as it is. Yeah. So for them to have put that much into them, that was it. But Hideo Tommy gone for a year. 
was supposed to win the title that summer, comes back, is injured on a house show, and isn't seen for another like nine months. I know people love the 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 narrative that WWE ruined him. I can nah. think of five people nah. off top that they ruined. One of them would not be Hideo Tommy. He was he. It just it just happens. It's the way the cookie crumbles. And and the, and the people don't, don't don't remember like I was a huge Kenta fan when I was like in high school and and when I was in college. He's never been he's never been healthy. He's injury prone. He's got a bad knee. Mm. He's got a bad bad shoulder. All of that stuff exasperates when you have a schedule where you wrestle every single week. So if he was getting injured, he only wrestled like once or twice a month. Every single day, fuck yeah, he's going to get injured. That's how it is. So if not Hideo, then who else? Uh, I had Braun. I'm trying to think who else would be a good good partner for Finn at that po- time. Post-Seth beating Triple H, it'd probably be Seth. Okay. Uh-huh. They, they, were, they, they, were tagging when, they were tagging when Finn came back. That's true. Um, it would probably be Seth. They, they were, they were, the, I, and I would say have Seth and him win tag titles, and then have them go off and, and feud to the. I don't know if the Intercontinental would have been there at that point. I forgot who trade who got hey. traded over with it. Was it Miz? Um, Dean. With the Inter- oh, was Dean was traded? Yeah, yeah. Did Dean got yeah, traded and then he lost it to Baron Miz? Corbin. Yeah, he beat Baron Corbin at Mania. So yeah, it was Dean. Yeah, Dean yeah, got yeah, traded, and then Miz beat him in that like by disqualification and got the title. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I think it would have. I think we would have actually got that intercontinental feud earlier. Sooner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it would. I think it either would have been Seth. Um. But then again, we got to think. Well, well, WWE see Finn as a success, and Vince look at NXT a little bit differently and say, let's call up some of these people that are down there right now in you know purgatory and they, they need to get called because Shinsuke got called up that year, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So maybe Shinsuke goes to Raw. Instead, because mm. he saw the Finn, the Finn project worked so well. Maybe I will put him on SmackDown where there at that point was considerably less stars. Yeah. But he still had AJ. It was like it was the AJ show at that point. Right. You know, maybe maybe he does. Like it, it, His call-up was so influential to, I think, the way the company sees NXT call-ups. And that's why a lot of them were so wrong and mishandled at that point. Because they were afraid to put their dollars behind someone who was not going to show up who was not going to right. be there and who was going to get injured. I think that really was a perception changer when Finn mm-hmm. got injured. Yeah. You could also pair him back with Joe again. I think that would be cool too. Oh like, yeah. Joe, Joe it, did get called up. Yeah. You could like kind of run that back as like, he could even be the whole things like, Oh, we are like the top NXT guys. Like we can take on any main roster guys. You said, yes, I seen they have that kind of thing. And then eventually, obviously they break up and then you have Joe Finn, you know, a match at some point, even if it's not for a title, I think that would be fire. I really liked when they put Finn with um, uh, Carl, Ander- uh, Carl Anderson and Gallows. Like he was, he was kind of oh, yeah. acting like a tweener and um, and like messing around with Roman and Jason Jordan and Seth because Dean was hurt at that point. Like I, I thought maybe if if Finn like turned heel after he lost to Brock and was like was like becoming an asshole and then had Gallows and Anderson as his heaters, that 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 would be something that could build him back up up to the title picture. Um, well, they did that. They they kind of flirted with that. Remember when they yeah. were flirting with to him? It, though. Yeah, and they didn't commit to it. And I thought because remember that one raw where he had beat John. Was, no, he didn't lose it. He had beat somebody, and the the club had helped him. And he remembered like there's that wonderful picture of him backing up with Cart with uh, Gallows and Anderson behind him. I forgot who he beat at the main event of that. Man, Finn was in a lot of raw main events. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that that was the Roman Seth Jason Jordan match. Jason Jordan messed it up for them, and then like, oh, yeah. and, then, and then Roman caught the corner shotgun, and then yeah, yeah. Bro, hey, Finn's beat Roman a lot too. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I hope Mills is listening because he always says he always says Finn is a loser. Finn ain't no loser, bro. Nah, like, he, Finn he, was getting a lot. He, he yeah. just wasn't getting title matches, but he, he was getting a lot when he came back. Finn's like very streaky. It's like when he's winning, Finn is winning a lot. When he's losing, he's losing a lot. Like it's like there's no like back and forth with Finn. Like even still, like, he was the king of the 50-50, right? So like Andrade would beat him one week, then he beat Andrade two times in a row the next week. Yeah. Uh, that's true. He somebody beat him one week on some BS, then he beat him again the next week. Like they they never really knew. It, it, I, I call this like the Alistair Black phenomenon. Whoa. Mm. Like, oh my god. He's yeah. falling into that a little bit as well, and you know it. I, I've always said, like on the A show, like they're you know they're they're just saving them for something, and then it's like you know it becomes very readily apparent that they're not really knowing what to do or what to save him for because they've got other guys that they that they got to get over there. But it's just like you could easily slot 
like I was saying the same thing in 2017, 2018, 2019. You could easily slot Finn in there, and they did go crazy. It'd be, it'd be perfect. And they only slot Alistair in with like you know in random fuse, and then he'll disappear for two weeks, and then he'll come back, and then he'll he'll win, and then he'll leave. And that's what Finn was doing for the, for like a whole year was doing random fuse. Remember the Jinder Mahal thing? Oh my god, bro! So that's the whole so episode in itself. Just remembers the Ginger Mahal. That was like a thing. Like he legitimately beat Randy Orton like three times. Like bro. you remember that <laughs> with the Punjabi prison match? Like yeah, when Great Khali came out for bro. no reason. But here's my for, thing for a three minute check. Yeah, but here's you my check thing. For three minutes. It, and this might be crossing into maybe another season, y'all. Who the fuck was gonna win it if not for gender? The more we think no, about it, I love the modern day Maharaja. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a huge, I like that. It so worked on me. Funny. So you know it's funny. So that's like I. So I tell the guys all the time. Um, like when you know I, I had a, like a falling off period, and that actually was like around the time that I was like you know weekly getting back to it. So I would I just came back and I was just like, why is everyone mad at this new guy gender? I was just <laughs> back to it. I was just like. I don't know why everyone's mad, but he has everyone pissed, and this is amazing. And then I saw the <laughs> him and the limo with the title out, and I was like, yes. <laughs> How ridiculous this is. Make it more ridiculous. I love it. Yeah, especially because, like, Baron won the money in the bank, and I don't think anyone believed he was going to successfully cash in to win that. Well, I mean, well, nope. maybe someone did. I, I, I didn't. I was like, nah. I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do with this, but. Baron's not going to be the one to, to cash in, and yeah. not on gender. Like they seem to love gender too much. Even though they smartened up, even they smartened up. Yeah. They were just like, "Wait a minute, this nigga's facing Brock." Uh uh-uh, uh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> AJ, AJ, finally. <laughs> they saw that Survivor Series graphic. They said, mm, "Absolutely not." It didn't even, even look right. It didn't even look right. Not at all. <laughs> Honestly, speaking of injuries, I think it would have been interesting because you know he came back for Raw and then like faced Drew like once and then got hurt again i think if they would have kind of like ran back the 3mb thing with drew and like heath and him i think that would have been interesting because now they're all like super jacked and like don't look anything like those three people like i think that would have been a cool little like you know couple week storyline too yeah so uh finn at this point i kind of want to talk about he's uh he's nxt champion uh, he's been back for like I, th- I think a year now he's been back and he, he was kind of floundering for a point like he had some good matches yeah. riddle uh, Velveteen. He got fiend, uh, dog. Yeah. <laughs> he got fiend. Yeah. Um, fiend sent him out the territory. He, That's crazy. Yeah, my God. Sent him back home in XP. <laughs> yeah, this is sent him running. Um, <laughs> he's champion now, and I'm, I'm really excited for the Kyle O'Reilly um, match and, you know, whatever they do with that and however long he's, he's this there. This Sunday. But, yeah, this Sunday. But I, I think he is definitely going to come back to the main roster. Oh, so, definitely. you know, at this point, with, with this crop of talent we have with – uh, heel Roman with Drew being super over, Keith Lee doing his thing, Riddle, uh, King Corbin, who really needs to drop that gimmick because I think it's been over a year now that yeah. bro been doing the King thing. It's kind of it's kind of getting old. But like, wh- wh- which show would you put Finn on, and like, what what direction would, would you want to take him? Wow, it's interesting because there's like very little baby faces. Like, I'm trying to think of like who's a top baby face. And it's like Drew, I guess. But it's like, do well, I really want to see Finn Drew? Like, but Finn is like, and, and Finn can't really be a tweener on the main roster. They don't do a lot of tweeners like that. Yeah, um, he'd have to be a solid. A, he'd have to be a. I just don't want Finn coming back as the same person. Yeah, he I don't either. Left. Yeah. I, you probably end up having to like, not turn Randy, but you have to somehow make Randy more of a baby face, and that's probably the match you have is like Finn and Randy. Being like, you are this, like, legacy, you know, XYZ guy, but I'm the guy who actually, like, got it out the mud and earned it. Like, you're the – everything that's wrong with WWE It's all about, like, your name, and you're not Unle- me. Unless you go completely left, bring him back on SmackDown as a heel, and have him help AJ Styles. Oh. Then they become tag champions. Mm, they fire. finally do that. Mm. But they're, they're – but here's the thing. They're, they're silly champions. Okay. Like yeah, AJ's silly now, they're silly champions. <laughs> and Finn's doing kind of like the halfway oh, like serious. DX-ish. Like Yeah, like, like they're, they're – yeah. Exactly. I think that's how you – because you got to think about it. That's true. AJ doesn't have much long. He does not yeah. have long. Yeah. I think yeah. this is his last deal. He already works very, very little. 
It does not work every pay-per-view. It does not work every SmackDown. This is his last contract. Give him what he wants. I'm, I am 100% sure he wants this. I know he, he needs does. a tag belts too, right? To be Grand Slam? Yes, he, he, needs a, he needs a tag belts. And I say, it's either going to be him or Joseph Parker is going to be a tag team partner, which would be hilarious <laughs> if that happened. But I say you bring him back and you do a semi-bullet club thing with Finn Balor. That's how you introduce him back to the main roster. And then you have Finn. He could either turn, he could stay heel, whatever you want to do. But I don't see an opportunity for him on on Raw right now with the way that they book like Alistair and the way that they book there there are no. two, Ricochet even there are too many guys like Finn on that roster for yeah. Finn to succeed. Then you can run back Matt Riddle, you can run back you know Corbin stuff, you can run back a lot of stuff there. Um, but honestly, like Corbin needs to be uh, he needs to be running away from the from the fiend. By yeah. by uh, the top of 2021. That's what he needs to be doing. Yeah. I would love. He that. said, hey, "I need to come see you, dog. You need yeah. to come see about you, dog." <laughs> <laughs> uh, CC, you got anything you want you want for Finn? Um, honestly, so yeah, the tag the tag is what I want to see, and um, the AJ Styles one I didn't even see that coming. That actually is the one that I want because what what I think is misunderstood, like well. I don't think, all right, that was just a weird generalization that came out of nowhere. So um, what what I don't what I can say is I don't see a lot of appreciation for is like Finn is really, really good at making whoever he's in the ring with look good or, or whatever. And like that happens when he's versus someone. So I'm like, what would that look like if he's like next to somebody? Like I love the way he works because he can work, he can cooperate a lot like with people. He knows how to like, he has really, it's, it's this weird thing where he can just tap into whatever that person is and just instantly have chemistry with them. Like he figure out their pace and all that other stuff. So to see him do that constantly in different creative ways as a tag team, I think that would work really well with AJ Styles. I would also see like, if we go like the super duper flippy, flippy route ricochet, that would just, I would just want to see how crazy that gets whatever but the thing about Finn is I can see him paired with like almost any kind of person like there's no one that I can't see him not paired with it would be really cool and then another one that was mentioned earlier is um him with Seth Rollins I would have loved to see like multiple matches of them working together because they both have some of like my I love like just the work that they do and the ideas that they come with seeing them work together and do that like that is that would just be crazy like I, so yeah I think those are really my two like AJ and Seth like I would love yeah. to see like, yeah. and, and I and I think much like um, I had mentioned earlier, Finn's second call up, him being an advocate for the call ups after him, Finn has to be the advocate again when he's called up again. So he would be the advocate for these new guys as well. So again, like he has another responsibility that like, and, and I don't know if it's unfair on him. I don't know if you know I, I'm putting something unfair on him, but he he would be the one that would be showing Vince and, and Bruce and everyone on the main roster. This is what I had to work with down here. This is how we work. So if you give me the ball and I run with it, you got to bring him up here because that's who I work with, and that's Damian Priest. You got to bring him up here because that's who I work with. That's Adam Cole. You got to bring him up here. That's who I work with. That's Kyle O'Reilly. He is the advocate for like, okay, these guys are ready because I right. faced them. I've seen them. They're, they're ready. So I think, again, Finn the second coming is going to be very different from Finn the first coming. And I, and I know like this, this was like a, you know, it was a weird moment. It was like the first big NXT call-up ever. But I think this one is going to be the most meaningful one ever because you see where, where Keith Lee's going. Finn Balor's coming back and saying, yo, this is what NXT looks like now. This is what I learned there. It's going to be something very beneficial to that brand. Uh, yo, I, I think y'all just both independently booked something together. So I think um, Channing, oh, man, I almost just forgot. Like, oh, Channing, when you were talking about uh, Finn uh, battling with Randy Orton, so that could be Randy Orton's motivation and like that would kind of make him face or whatever because Finn would come up and he would be that advocate and Randy would be like, uh, I've been here a while. You don't just get to say like people are, and then that's how you bring it. Like I would say, that would be I never crazy. left. Like, I never yeah. left, Randy. I never got to go to Orlando. Because, I mean, if you think about it, it's been reported for about a year now that Randy wants to work with Champa. He wants to work with NXT talent. Oh, Finn is the yeah. Finn could be the advocate to be like, you know what, Randy's right. Let's 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 grab Damian Priest. Let's grab you know Kushida. Let's grab all these people. Let's have them work That'd with some fire. guys up top because it's it's time for that. It's it's really time for that. And so I, that's why I think like, for as much as Finn was showing the possibilities of what it could be for NXT call-up, Finn the second coming could be showing how you how you actualize that 
into something that is, is, is you know, that won't be snake bit by an injury. And for, for Finn, the stakes would be much lower. <laughs> he won't right, be expected yeah. to carry a brand when he comes back. He'll be instead, you know, he's almost 40. He'll be expected to, to, to lead these people into the next generation. And I think that's, that's where he's best suited uh, for the time being. So funny, we say all this, and like he's actually going to end up being the leader of retribution. He'll like <laughs> that would be that would that's, be fucking incredible. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. It'll be like oh. speaking of retribution, like people's perceptions of them are slowly changing. Now, now that they're getting these tweets off, they T-bar were on they, it. They was barring up Chris Jericho, T Bar. Yeah, Twitter fingers, dog. Yeah, he, he put that man in the coquina clutch, dog. Like Listen, that man was about to pass out. I love titty it. bar, titty bar, aka Dijak, aka Dijakovic. Um, he's always been good at the Twitter. He's a Twitch streamer. Mm-hmm. Retribution is literally just a bunch of Twitch streamers. Look at all the the members. They all have, they all use Twitch. That's why they know how to, how, to, how to talk to. That's how they know how to talk to these people online. They've been waiting to do this. Dijak goes off about the dirt sheets all the time on his Twitch. This is just his character actualizing it. My big issue here is that I am afraid or I'm, I'm pretty, I'm 95% sure that these Twitter personalities are not going to translate onto the, t- to the TV show. Oh, absolutely they're, not. They're not. No. So I think they're going to get, they're going to have to get over and they're smart because they're saying we're going to have to get over by getting the fans that are lapsed or they're, they're a little bit more tougher on us than, than, than usual, winning them over so that any stupid shit that they write for us, we can just make it up on Twitter when, whenever it's over with because that's, that's where they don't have any control over is our Twitters. So I think that they, they have a they're they're walking a very delicate balance beam where they could go either way. They could tip too far and be way too crazy on Twitter and have Vince be like, all right, tone it down. Y'all can't right. tweet no more. Or they could go to the other way where their actual Twitter personalities enhance the show in a way that no other talent has. And I think I, I want them to kind of tone it down a little bit so that you know the higher ups don't notice, even though I'm pretty sure that they probably do notice. Like they have someone that's always scouring Twitter for them anyway. But yeah. I'll, I'll see what happens on Monday. I'll say that their actions after mm. Monday's Raw, which was to me one of the worst episodes of the year, horrendous, was very. <laughs> it went a long way in kind of making up what their actions was. Because because I said it, you know on the show I was like that Raw. If that retribution shit didn't happen on Raw, that Raw would have just been a middle of the road go home show. Yeah, it would have just been a regular ass show. I would have just been, it wouldn't have been terrible. It wouldn't have been good. It would have middle of the road. Retribution was the reason why everyone hated that Raw because they had yeah. so many segments. They had like five, six segments during the whole show, but we had to deal with their dumbass faces, their dumbass masks, their dumbass names. Who was in now, costume? Who was in his mask? Me and him kept falling off. I'm like, what? <laughs> the Fiend wrestles in that full thing. Like every match, and hot, she couldn't get her mask. Yeah, sweaty. She couldn't get her mask to stay on. Like Kane's mask was in that in the nineties. Kane was doing that in like ninety five. Had that mask on, very secure. I know y'all so, can so, make a mask. So Channing, get better mask. Get better yeah, mask for Monday, mask. And, and we're good. Better <laughs> mask for Monday, and we. Good. I don't ask I, I for a th- lot. <laughs> and, I, and I know we, we we talk about the names. I do think the name thing is overblown. We sat here and talked about a motherfucker named Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin. Like these are not yeah. real names. Like these are terrible right. names. If I was to name my child that, you guys would bomb on me for fucking years, right? So, you know, like, the name thing in wrestling is overblown. I think presentation is where it matters. Yeah. Because you can have the dumbest name ever. We stand Hulk in Animal, you know, R.I.P. Yeah. Like, we, we stand Kamala. Like, these are not, you know, real. Like, we, we, we stand uh, Big E. Yeah. Not a cool name at all. Like this ain't no cool. These aren't cool names. You know? I look up to, to a guy whose name is The Rock. Like <laughs> that's ridiculous. Nobody in wrestling has cooler name than, than Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's just a cool name because it's almost kind of like an anagram. Like it's a, it's a cool name because of that. But like you yeah. know, like the name thing, I'm like whatever. T bag, T bar, fucking uh, <laughs> uh, 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 slap nut, whatever the guy's name is. Like these are all like these are just names. They're 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 gonna get over it. And honestly. I don't think they're going to keep those names anyway. So, like, yeah. that, that is what it is. But Retribution, we'll see on Monday. We will yeah. see. We're, we're going into Survivor Series season, Hell in a Cell season. We're going to see what happens. All right. Uh, Channing, you got any final thoughts on, on Finn? Uh, no, I just, I just think he is. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, five years from now, we're saying Roman's the heel, was the heel, top heel of this kind of, like, era, and he was the top face. Because I think while he doesn't need mm. to be a face – Finn, like, is – I think he has such, like, crossover appeal, international appeal. Like, he just has so much respect from all these different people. Like, if placed well and not injured, Finn can do, like, be John Cena, basically, in my opinion. 
Yeah, he's a he, he's a face that people believe in. He's a face people like that they want to support. You know, I don't think he I don't think he, he was really forcing us enough to where we could get tired of him like people did with Seth when Seth was Universal Champion yeah. or or Cena when when Cena was super popular. You know, like I think Finn is still someone that we can kind of ride with yeah. and ride for. So I I think him versus Heel Roman would be very very fun. Yeah, I think Seth's downfall is that Seth's voice is really annoying and like so when he talks, <laughs> it's like. It's like really whiny, whereas Finn has like that cool kind of like Peaky Blinders like accent, where it's like, yeah, he could, he's cool, like he could say anything. He's like, where's the good looking guy, man? He's, he just, he's just a good looking guy, yeah. bro. Like he's got the look, a leather I, I jacket, like yeah. Like, I, I, I don't they, they don't push Finn on us enough, honestly. I, yeah. I don't feel like they got behind him enough, and that's why I was so glad to see the NXT go all in on him and, and never have him lose and never have him get beat and you know have him have his or if he did lose, it was meaningful. So I mean I, I think again like it's all in positioning. Um, I think he's the he's the the perfect example of how positioning and presentation can create a star. And you know he was he had grassroots support like CM Punk did from the moment he stepped into the into the place. So he will never be universally disliked ever. Right. It's, just, it's just impossible to dislike Finn Balor. Like it, it, he's he's gonna be he's gonna go down the Hall of Fame as one of the the most likable superstars that we've ever we've ever seen in these past ten years. That's just what it is. Like. I've never, you can never hear a bad story about the guy. He's always stayed loyal. He stayed, <laughs> you know, like yeah. he's done whatever they've asked him to do. The only yeah. guy to be on, like, he went up and went, he was like the first person to go back down. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. he, he's, he's somebody that, that's just an incredible superstar. And, you know, he's, he's still one of my favorites. So uh, we're, we're, I'm going to hope that we get a, Again, Finn the second coming. Let's just hope that it, it, it shakes out a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. J well, J5, I want to thank you again for joining us, man. It means so much. As I said, you guys can catch him on the A Show, Late Fees, um, everywhere, uh, Ramen Talk, and just the G on, Show uh, on Twitter. Rogers. Yeah. Got the tree job. You, yeah, can, you, can, you can find him battling wrestling Twitter and getting, giving music takes as well at OG Johnny Five on Twitter. Uh, make sure to follow us at Rewriters and RNC. Uh, follow Channing at Grandpa Chan. Two ends at the end of Chan. CC is still battling Twitter's <laughs> policies, <laughs> so hopefully we will get his account soon. You can follow me at Armand Sadler. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, all of the RNC content. Um, and once again, thank you for joining the Rewriters Room. Enjoy Clash and Monday Night Raw.